First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on TuneIn. Now let's welcome in a good friend of the NFL on TuneIn. It's Wes Durham, longtime radio voice of the Falcons. He was in the broadcast booth today in Atlanta as the Falcons lost to the Dolphins 20-17. to Wes, we appreciate you taking the time. So Atlanta appeared to have a commanding lead at 17 nothing. In your view, what changed? Oh, I think, number one, Brian, uh, they couldn't slow down Jay Ajayi in the second half, to be honest with you. I, I think they got uh, Miami lined up in unbalanced formation quite a bit. They went to a three-tight-end package, and Ajayi was clearly a guy on second down that would uh, that would get them six, seven yards. I mean, he finished, I think, 22 carries, 130-some yards, and, and he made them all count. They dominated time of possession in the second half. At one point, I think they had run 20 plays to Atlanta's three in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, from that point on, Atlanta started playing uphill a little bit. The Dolphins took the opening kick of the second half, went down the field on a long drive, scored. Atlanta then went three and out. Miami took the ball right back. And then Atlanta really, you know, suffered today from a lot of unforced errors, be it they penalties, bad sloppy special teams play, things like that. And at the end, it uh, it got them. And uh, it's unfortunate, but – you know, this league is too good across the board to uh, to give a, a team free reps, and, and that's what Atlanta did in some respects today. Uh, Wes, Nick Ferguson uh, here. Looking at this schedule for the Atlanta Falcons, and right now they're sitting at 3-2. and two. They could easily be 1-4 and four because they were in a close game against the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. Where can this team go from here? Because coming into this season, everyone was wondering, what was going to happen now that Kyle Shanahan was gone and Steve right. Sarkeesian is now the guy on the center? And this offense is used to scoring like 38 points a game. Well, you know, Nick, the optimist in me or, or the guy maybe doing the Falcon games would tell you they're also, uh, you know, what, nine points from being 5-0, and oh, too, you know? I mean, I understand that four of the five ball games have been relatively close shades in one respect or another, whether it's the three shots at the goal line that, Mike Glennon in Chicago had the reverse of the call in week three in Detroit. Uh, the ball thrown behind Taylor Gabriel in, uh, two weeks ago against Buffalo, or even today, you know, the deflected ball that ultimately was intercepted. It's a ball Hooper thinks he said after the ball game, a ball he should have caught. You know, look, I think Atlanta is, is close. I think the, this is more of a gut check by the guys in that locker room, maybe, than it is an X and O situation. Um, you know, do they need to be healthy? Absolutely. But everybody can say that. I, I think what they've got to do, believe it or not, is they have to create their own momentum. It's it's not about who they're playing as much as, you know, who they are playing, if that makes sense. And I, I think that's a big part of where this is now. The move from Kyle Shanahan to Steve Sarkeesian is a, is a viable storyline. But I think when you really look at Atlanta, there are enough veteran pieces, particularly in the skill set, to say, Hey, wait a second. This is more about the guy in the mirror as opposed to the guy on the on the whiteboard, maybe. Chatting with Wes Durham from the Falcons Radio Network. Wes, how important was it to get Vic Beasley back from the hamstring injury, and how did he look today? I thought he looked good, Brian. I think he was more on a pitch count than uh, than maybe we anticipated. Uh, they did use him in a, in a in a front they put together today that had uh, Dontari Poe and Adrian Claiborne inside, and they put the rookie Tack McKinley and Beasley on the edges. They didn't get to Cutler like I thought they would, only because I think Miami was able to run the ball more effectively. So, therefore, when Cutler was throwing the ball, it was a quick move and get it out. There wasn't a lot of deep drop stuff in Miami's arsenal today. But 
I think Beasley is as close to 100% as you're going to get him off the bye week and missing the two ball games uh, prior to. And, you know, you got to hope that uh, that each week he plays a little better he'll get, and, and pretty soon he'll be back to the guy that was the leader in Sox a year ago. You know, Wes, no Muhammad Sanu in, in today's game, and, and we're used to seeing Alex Smith, excuse me, not Alex Smith, uh, Matt Ryan push the ball down the field vertically. Sure. He finds another offensive weapon in Marvin Hall. How impressed have you been with Marvin Hall and just maybe this one game, but what can he actually add moving forward to this offense? Well, I'd say, you know, when your first career catch is a 40-yard touchdown, you've probably done about as all you can do, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, they activated him uh, the other day, and I think they activated him in part because they felt like they needed a guy who could get more vertical. And, uh, and with Sanu being sidelined, you needed to be able to elevate Gabriel and some of these other guys into your, into your receiving package. And they liked Hall in the preseason and in training camp, guys. They, they really liked him. Uh, I think he and Reggie Davis, the kid from Georgia, probably did as much to, uh, uh, to put themselves in the mix, either practice squad or active roster for this football team. And so at the end of the day, I think when they brought Marvin Hall up, they had some certain shots maybe involved vertically. I tell you, the, the receiving situation here is a matter of, of just developing more continuity. I, a lot of people made a lot of stuff about this week about Julio's not had a touchdown yet. And while that may be surprising, he still leads the team in catches. He's still the most impactful guy on the field from a throwing standpoint. And he's taken practically two guys with him on every snap. So I think you saw Hooper's catches go up today. Gabriel certainly had a big day in Sanu's relief. And Nick, as you mentioned, Marvin Hall's a guy who, who can stretch the field. And I think he originally was with Oakland a year ago in camp, didn't make their roster. Uh, they saw something from him in a tryout here, got him on a futures deal, and uh, today he clearly paid off for him. Wes, let's wrap it up with what's coming up. I know you never want to hear the score 28-3 to again, <laughs> but how big is the week ahead for you and the organization? I know it's about the players. Heading back to New England for the Super Bowl rematch on Sunday. Well, I don't know if they'll stick it up on the scoreboard like they did in week one, huh? Uh, that didn't go so well the last time. You know, it, it's going to be interesting because this is the week that, that we all talked about in the off season. This is the week where everything's going to be hammered on your head, you know? I mean, and, and anybody that's played in this league, Nick, you know this. I mean, any time a scenario plays out like this, this is going to be like the water dripping on your forehead all week long. And so it'll be incumbent upon Dan Quinn and his guys to uh, to kind of silence the noise here a little bit and go up and play the Falcons. You know, and, and this may be, in some respects, Brian and Nick, the best thing ever to happen to this team because now people are not going to talk about maybe the Buffalo loss or the loss today to Miami. They're going to go back and dig up the first Sunday in February again. And uh, we're going to find out about the mental toughness of the 2017 Falcons. And every team's always a little different, but we're certainly going to find out what 17's got under the hood this week for sure, I think. Wes, always a pleasure. We appreciate you giving us a few minutes again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Anytime, Brian. You, you got your work cut out for you working with my man Nick now. So. I'm, I'm doing the best I can, Wes. I'm doing the best guys, I can. Thank you, Wes. Tell you what, you got to double down on that. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs> the NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.